This episode is brought to you by Maponics, specializing in predefined geofences for local and mobile targeting. Visit www.maponics.com location for a free three-month trial today. Well, hey, it's that time. Episode number 60 of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. My name, Rob Woodbridge. We're recording this live January 15th, 2012. And uh, I'm buried under a mountain of snow. Asif, what about you? Uh, we, we got a little trace amount on the ground, but uh, not much of anything. So, anyhow. Well, yeah, because Asif is, of course, in the heart of Canada, aren't you? Yeah. Toronto, Ontario, yeah. Canada. From the we're, we're just happy to see a little bit of white something out there because it's been green and mild and yeah that's pretty much all we've had so anyhow uh yeah and so i'm a, a Seif khan uh from the location-based marketing association yes and uh, enjoying a mild mild winter we you know i i, I did this silly thing i took a picture of this beautiful warm kind of fall like day right before christmas and it was like the 23rd of december no snow it was green they were forecasting a green christmas it's amazing what a difference kind of a month happened, like almost a month later, and uh, we are buried under snow, like buried under snow. <laughs> the seven-foot snowman that I made is now kind of a four-foot snowman, just his torso on his head. It's terrible here. God, winter in Canada. Oh, yes, well. and we wouldn't be Canadian if we didn't complain about it, but we've got a great show, episode number 60, uh, you know, it's it's a big number for us, but uh, we just keep on rolling through, and we got a great, great, great uh, agenda of some items that we're going to talk about. Lots of acquisitions, lots of consolidation, lots of partnerships. Uh, we got obviously our product of the of the week, which is Roller today. We've got a uh, great, great, great sponsor in Maponics, and we'll be talking about them throughout the show. Got a bunch of funding, a couple of uh, partnerships, as I said, and we're going to be featuring a good friend of ours, Gary Schwartz, as the uh, resource of the week in his in his brand new book. But before we get into this, Asif, I, I know you have. Uh, something that you're dying to get off your chest. Yeah, I just want to make a quick mention that uh, if uh, you're following us and you're uh, yeah, a follower of the digital out of home space, uh, the Digital Screen Media Association, the DSA, as they're known, uh, we've partnered up with them, and uh, basically uh, they're uh, holding a webinar on January the 24th to try and educate. Uh, all of their following about what is this location-based marketing stuff that Rob and I talk about every week, um, but not necessarily everybody in the uh, digital screen world uh, does yet. Um, so we're gonna there, there's a webinar, and so I, I'm gonna be part of that. And uh, Andy Rosen, who runs digital strategy over at Mayor, uh, uh, and Todd Sherman from Point Inside, and uh, moderated by Jared Villa from uh, United Airlines. So it, it'll be uh, quite a quite a group, and uh, should be a good discussion. So January 24th. 1 p.m. Eastern. We'll post the link so you can uh, sign up. Very cool. Yeah, the link will be somewhere around here. And if you can't, uh, just head, head to Ontario.tv or the LBMA.com and you will find the link to the webinar. Uh, you're not limiting the number of people, are you? 200? No. Oh, yeah. Easily. 200, 300, 400? And of course, uh, yeah, if you ever need more information about this, if you're actually looking for this information and you want to participate, you can go back through the other 59 episodes of this show over the last year and a bit, and you will probably uh, you will have an education in 50 hours. How's that? There's oh. got to be people who PVR us, no? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, a, that's <laughs> it. you got to be able to do that. Um, yeah. So, Anyways. 
this this week, uh, another great week. We're starting to gain a little bit more momentum going into the year. The last couple of weeks yep. have been somewhat. I mean, they haven't been slow. Uh, but with, with uh, CES wrapping up, which was the, you know obviously the consumer uh, show, um, it's, it's prodigal. Or I'm so sick and tired of hearing about hardware and TVs and phones and Android this and like it's just you know what hardware doesn't matter anymore. What we're talking about right now, the software layer, the service layer, the stuff that enables that hardware, the ecosystem place, that's what matters right here, not that stuff at CES. For you guys who just reported on it. All I heard was how much RAM is in this and quad-core processor and that. And <laughs> I don't give. Are, yeah. I don't care. So anyway. these are the stories that are important to all of us because these are the relevant companies that are doing stuff today. First story. Talk about relevant company. Controversial company. Groupon partnering with uh, Deutsche Telekom. Interesting play for, uh, for, uh, for Groupon. It's a very interesting play. This this is the first uh, carrier partnership for uh, for Groupon. I think what's really interesting about it for for me is is that uh, you know the the relationship, at least the early uh, testing that they're going to be doing out of this relationship is, is uh, in Europe yeah. uh, and not in North America, where you know they've obviously got you know their biggest base. So I, th I think that's that's kind of interesting. Uh, first off, and I think the second piece of it is is that. For those not familiar with Deutsche Telekom, is is you know Deutsche Telekom is part of T you know um, uh, owns T-Mobile T -Mobile yeah. as well, and uh, you know so so you got you know T-Mobile, which is a big player in the U.S., Groupon, which is a big player in the U.S., and yet no talk about T-Mobile rolling out Groupon services. What we're hearing about is Deutsche Telekom doing this on their home turf, uh, you know, in Germany and, and other parts of Europe. And uh, you know, I, I like this move. I think it's it's a good move for Groupon. I think uh, you know, you and I have talked a lot on the show about how we think carriers are going to ultimately uh, you know own a big piece of the kind of mobile couponing you know uh, deal space. And so maybe this is one way to accelerate carrier entry into that. 128 million uh, people, uh, you know, are involved with uh, DT and I, I think, or subscribe to DT. And I think that this is an onboarding. This is what we used to, in the game uh, industry, um, you know, call on deck, right? Which was the most valuable place you could be in a carrier when it was a closed ecosystem, which was, you don't even have to think. Like for us, it was, you're in the games folder, there's our game, right? And it yeah. was a an incredible incredible revenue stream and I think that that's what what uh, Groupon looks at this and says you know there's got to be a better way uh, the, the, I think that uh, there's a disconnect here with Groupon strategy and maybe I'm wrong here but you know there's Groupon which is the group buying side of this which is I got to enable you know I got to reach a hundred buyers or whatever in order to trigger the price um, or trigger the deal and that takes time so whatever that's 72 hours or 96 hours or whatever it takes and then there's this whole mobile play, which is something that they seem to think that is very important, and it is, but it's location-based stuff. So this has yeah. to be an immediate deal, right? Uh, so this is their, this is their real push. This is the Groupon side. now. Yeah. yeah, but but it's weird, you know. Groupon, um, Groupon, that's the growth area, and uh, because customer acquisition when they're when you're on deck on a carrier is very very low that they've done that effort. Uh, to get on the carrier, and uh, and I think that that's an interesting play, which is a departure for what Groupon's yeah. main base of business is, which is very costly to get customers, very costly to get a second customer to sign up, and it's reflective in their price, stock price, yeah. isn't it? And, and I think the other thing to think about here too is, is perhaps this deal wasn't uh, so much pushed by Groupon, but you know maybe you know uh, you know kind of led by Deutsche Telekom, and, yeah. and I think part of that 
is when you look at what's going on in Europe, and you and we've talked a lot on this show about O2 in particular, and their whole priority moments campaign in in the UK and Ireland, and and all the stuff that they're they've been doing, and we and we talk about it all the time because we think it's been pretty uh, effective and 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 pretty innovative. Well, I mean, O2 is owned by Telefonica, you know, another major, massive, you know, telecom outfit based in Spain, you know, and operates in a lot of the same territory as Deutsche Telekom. So, you know, Deutsche Telekom sitting there going, you know, O2's been pretty effective doing this stuff, and they're they're in our market, they're coming at us, you know, what are we going to do? How do we respond? Um, maybe this is them saying, you know, Groupon gives us a leg up uh, potentially. Um, and, and a chance to uh, at least be on, on somewhat equal footing. So we'll, we'll see. I, I think it's, uh, you know, the, the carrier base is, is is massive. The carriers own the customers. And uh, no matter what we talk about, I think that the, everything you have to do, uh, the closest the closest point between a service and a customer is on deck through a carrier. Um, and I, what I didn't understand was the operating systems, but that th this would be a part of. Um, however, th this is a this is a pretty big deal. I don't think it's going to rescue Groupon. I think that now they've become marginalized with all the other location-based services. The uh, the uh, what what are they? The awareness-making services, the discovery yeah. services, even like Foursquare. Um, but having that number, and they keep throwing that out, 128 million subscribers to Deutsche Telekom, but that's across 50 countries. Right. right. So how big is this pool that they're actually playing in? And we know that it can't be on an iPhone. So so how, how does this how does this work out? Uh, and are these just feature phones? Um, and if this is an SMS play, I think it's a great it's a great uh, deal as well. Yeah, no, I, I think it is from what I can tell, yeah. and uh, and therefore you know I think it's a good move because you know they they talk about no 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 download no barrier to entry you know you know very much the O2 place cast type of model that we've talked about so often on the show. So yeah. you know good deal. I like it for both sides. You know, let's see what happens. Yeah, and and the caveat here is is, is the other side where if. Uh, if they do what they're doing with their email blasts, which is basically untargeted spam that arrives in everybody's inbox, and and you know one out of every ten, every ten hits something that's relevant to me, they're missing the point with mobile. They have to make these things so that they don't send one email to everybody or one SMS to everybody. It's very yeah. targeted, location specific. They have to do their homework on each one of these, and uh, and I think that that's where their challenges are going to be. And hopefully they don't fall down on this because that's gonna right. that's gonna destroy. This uh, this relationship, if they just start spamming everybody, so interesting. Deutsche Telekom and Groupon getting in bed together, and we'll see what happens in Europe. It'll be a good test to see how this goes, because more carriers and more companies, uh, mm -hmm. like Living Social, will get into this if it works, or maybe not. Second story. Kindle Fire, man, it is taking off. You know, I don't think that this is a competitor to the iPad. I think that this is a very unique tool, and I think it's a competitor to every retail outlet on the planet. I think that that's what this competes against. And so it's the new retail window. But uh, one of the things that they never had was uh, location services. So Hop, Stop, and Skyhook bringing location to the Kindle Fire. Yeah, and the way this works effectively is the Kindle Fire doesn't have a GPS uh, chip in it, so because of that, it hasn't been you know able to access location services like we have on our iPads and our you know uh, Android tablets and some of the other things that uh, that you know we're we're pretty familiar with. Um, Skyhook, as as I think most of our listeners know, because we've talked about them, basically has a, a database of locations built off Wi-Fi positioning, uh, and it's quite extensive. I, I don't know what the numbers are, but you know millions and millions of, of Wi-Fi uh, data points uh, effectively in there uh, that they can use for uh, determining location. Um, 
Hopstop um, is another company we've talked about uh, a little bit on this show. It's, this is a New York-based company that uh, uh, basically helps you navigate your way from a transit perspective in uh, in major metropolitan cities like New York. Um, and, you know, you know, bus and train schedules, and you know, marrying up media based on traffic flow around those. Um, uh, um, public transit systems and yep. things like that. So really cool company, uh, Joe Mayer, a uh, great guy over there um, as well who, who's behind that. Um, and so what they've done is is basically uh, Hopstop has partnered up with Skyhook to use their location uh, system to bring that uh, capability to the Kindle Fire, therefore bypassing the need for GPS because, you know, it has Wi-Fi, you can use that kind of stuff and basically you can uh, push you know location services in sort of a in the side door so to speak uh, without GPS and so it's it's kind of interesting and according to Skyhook this is the second time they've done this um, or the second app that they've done this with so you know I expect there'll be a lot more of this uh, you know to kind of expand the portfolio of, uh, of services uh, on the Kindle Fire. Yeah I can't think that this is uh, anything but bad um, I don't know how many people carry their Kindle Fire around with them um, as a location aware or need to be a location aware, but I think that um, m more and more maybe will. I mean, it's the same form factor as the uh, as the playbook. It's a smaller mm -hmm. screen. It's a smaller everything. It's a portable device. And if you get like a, uh, you know, they've made some great vests now that actually you can store all these gadgets in. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that this is a, a great way, uh, certainly a needed way um, for giving giving a location. Now, I'm going to assume that because it's the same uh, chassis or the same technology or hardware that the uh, playbook uh, is using, that eventually it will get a GPS. It's going to be it's going to be necessary for it to get a GPS. Or if the rumors are true that Amazon's going to come out with a phone, um, then all of a sudden I, that plays into it as well. And, but this is a good, good, good way of a uh, low power consumption way of uh, of getting location. I like it. Yeah, and you got to think too, like with the Kindle Fire, you've got a lot of folks um, that I, I'm going to, I don't own one, but I'm going to say a lot of people I see with them are, are using them for, you know, uh, reading books and things like that. Yep. Um, and, um, you know, if you're on public transit, you're likely sitting there reading a book or listening to music uh, while you're waiting to get to your destination and Hopstop happens to be an app that is focused on helping you find your destinations and your routes and planning your travel so those things seem to fit quite nicely yeah. so anyhow well it's a good it's a good mix um, and it's great that uh, that there's innovation on the Kindle Fire I think that it's a uh, as we've seen over the last since its launch it's only been a month um, you, you start to see the impact that something like that is having uh, and it's uh, it's already I think uh, you know leapt yeah. into the second place in terms of tablets uh, but again I don't think it's not an iPad co competitor it's it's a different it's a different device mm -hmm. and, um, but location is important, especially for commerce, man. And that's what Amazon is all about. Uh, God bless his soul. <laughs> Jeff Bezos for president of the world. You but, called it. Yeah, well, uh, you know, it's uh, 15 days in. It, it wasn't hard to make that call. But uh, I love what Amazon's doing. I love Amazon in general. Yeah. Let's just take a moment here and, and really appreciate what Amazon is doing. All right, on to the third story. Uh, big football weekend, obviously. If anybody who is uh, who is anybody has been watching this football, it's like you know, it, it's like football craze. The world stops on Saturday and Sunday during these uh, you know last two weekends and leading up to what they call 
got the Super Bowl. And with the Super Bowl comes advertising, lots of money. I mean, you know, during the heyday, this is where people would, you know, there's a site called adcritic.com back in the web days that would actually show these commercials ahead of time. And it would just be, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I can't believe they can build a site based on commercials. And that's what they did. And and so with with the Super Bowl comes commercials, lots of money. And here's a company, God love it, little little company called Shazam with an incredible number of users and the what what is what is the statistic that they're going to be how many ads sure. are going to be shazammed on on Super Bowl Sunday yeah it, it's pretty crazy um, so uh, you know i can't i can't believe there's people out there who are who listen to this show anyways who aren't familiar with Shazam but uh, you know shame, great shame. you know iPhone app uh, been around forever uh, you know uh, hold it up listen to music and it basically tell, names the tune for you and tells you what it is um, 175 million downloads of this app Okay, uh, these guys just raised recently 32 million in, in funding, uh, and they're going out and they're going big. And we've been talking. We talked about them a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago now, about how they're kind of adapting that app to listen for TV uh, commercials while you're at home and triggering deals related to that that drives traffic to store. Um, and and that's kind of you know what we're about to talk about is kind of the extension of that. So building that type of, of functionality around the Super Bowl now, the sort of big behemoth of advertising dollars, where it all goes. They ran a few tests last year apparently uh, during the Super Bowl, um, but nobody was ready to kind of put go all in. Twenty thousand people were twenty thousand yeah. people uh, shazammed the ads. Sure, small. Sure. But I meant from from an advertiser perspective, yeah. people weren't putting big dollars behind it yet. They they weren't believing, but they believe now. And apparently, a third of all of the advertising that we're going to see related to the Super Bowl will be Shazamable. Um, so it's pretty crazy. So this is uh, you know I've I've heard lots of criticism. I, for for one thing, I'm I'm a huge fan of this, and I think that uh, what Shazam is doing maybe it's not the perfect solution. And actually, I'm going to have Shazam on the show later in in uh, January to talk about this exactly thing on on Taylor TV. Um, but but uh, what they're doing is I think that this is the beginning of fundamentally altering the ad, right? So we've always had 30 second, 60 second spots, but with something like Shazam done right on the technology side. You could literally have a five or six or a ten second slot, and uh, and and let Shazam do the rest for you. Now this is going to require a lot of stuff. I mean, really, Hop, Stop, and Skyhook, what they're doing with Wi-Fi triangulation and coordination and all that kind of stuff, and what what the iPhone did with the GPS, which was exactly that: Wi-Fi triangulation, store your last known coordinate, anything to speed up the the simulation of a GPS connection, which is the secret sauce in the iPhone. Uh, they have to do that with Shazam. They have to make it so that, you know, it's not a cumbersome uh, process to launch the app and aim it. And by the time that you've done it, like so many times I've done with songs, is that it, it, the, the moment is over. They have to make that process quick so that this can be right. used. Because a lot of criticism around how, how long it takes for it to identify what you're sure. listening to or watching. To, watching. But I like this, and I think it's we're, we're, we're at the forefront of fundamentally changing the way television advertising is pushed to us. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I mean, and, and and you know, I'm a big fan of when you can bring mediums together, yeah. uh, bring different media types together, and uh, and this this is right there. So it's uh, it's great. Looking forward to Shazamming during the Super Bowl. Shazam. And he used to be a hero, right? He was a superhero. Shazam. Yeah. Shazam. Well, I like it as well. Obviously, I get very excited about this kind of stuff. Disruptive technology and under the radar with 170 million people using this, like. 
under the radar when it comes to this kind of stuff. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Everybody's focused on QR codes over here, and there's little Shazam over here going, hey, <laughs> we're going to totally destroy you guys. Four Story. Now, this is uh, Foursquare doing the, uh, you know, typically you get a, a, you know, what we've seen is gain a web audience and then move into the mobile space. And here's here's uh, Foursquare with a great mobile audience moving into the web space with their Discovery and Explore tab on the web. Yeah, so I mean, basically, what this is is you know, if you've used the Foursquare app uh, in there, there's a little button called Explore. You click on it, and it lets you discover and find stuff around you based on your location. So now they're saying, okay, we're we're going to take that functionality and we're going to make it available in the web. So you know, basically, open up your browser, say you accept you know location like you do on an app, and then you can explore around you uh, from your laptop or wherever you are with a browser. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of whatever for me. I think this is just a, um, you know, we're we're kind of just extending our, our reach a little bit further. I don't see any real new value here. There's no new features or functionality that's coming out of this. Um, you know, Yelp and a lot of other guys do this on the web uh, and do it really well, uh, and uh, people are pretty comfortable with that. So, you know, are people all, all of a sudden going to start going to Foursquare? on the web to explore maybe but the maybe is really you know uh predicated on you know how much uh, you know value can they draw out of the, all the content that they have associated with the data in, in, in the database yeah um and right now you know we're not hearing a lot about that we're just hearing hey we're on the web so yeah, stiff competition i mean google google bought uh, zagat uh yeah. or zagat yeah, whatever it is, um, a while ago, and and you do have Yelp, of course, the uh, the gorilla in this in this fight, and you're with me. I'm with you on this when it comes to you know, I think it's necessary that they do this. Uh, you know, they're trying to develop an audience, and sure. and if these numbers go towards that, because when you when you uh, use it on the web or on your mobile device, you still have to set up an account, right? And and I think that that's what they're judged on is the number of users that are using this tool. So uh, whether it's on the web or whether it's on a mobile device. I mean, it's a good way to get users, really, quite frankly. Um, but you know what? Here's something that's interesting. It's the trends. Now, in all the articles that I read about this story, mm -hmm. everybody used, if you're looking for burritos, as the example. Right? So it's like, hey, you know what? Yeah. You know, that's what explorers. If you're looking for burritos around you, if you're looking for burritos, I think burritos are hot. You heard that here. <laughs> I think they're a trend. I think burritos are trending because every story... And listen, if you're looking for a burrito next to you, this is what you do. And uh, burritos are trending. Foursquare, maybe not. Burritos, yeah. All right. Way off. Way off, eh? Um, all right. I'm just going to leave that one, Rob. I'm, <laughs> exactly. I've got nothing to add to that. So I like burritos, you know? it's Anyway. Yeah. All right, we'll jump to the fifth story. I'm more of a quesadilla guy. You're a quesadilla. <laughs> That's why we work together, right? At least it's right. in the same family. Mexican, yeah. right? All right, our fifth story, uh, which I love, um, which is uh, GM is opening up their uh, their uh, OnStar API to developers, third-party developers, apps in the car, app stores in the car. I like this. What yeah, about you? I mean, this, this is this is a you know, why didn't you do it sooner kind of story, right? Because it's just you know, it, it it's a no-brainer that uh, you know they've got a great asset in OnStar, they've got a great user base that's sitting there. Uh, people who have it love it. 
Um, and there's so much more that can be done with it. And, uh, you know, and I think, you know, opening it up and letting other people, you know, build things on top of it just makes sense. And, and this is not the first, you know, uh, first car company to do this. And BMW's nope. had this for a while. Toyota does it. Ford does it. Um, so, you know, it was just sort of, you know, when was GM going to come into this and, and, and make this available? So they announced this at CES, one of the CES announcements. Not a hardware announcement. There you go, Rob. Um, and, um, you know, they uh, they also announced the first partner. So the first um, company is, is, a, is a, I guess, an app called Relay Rides. And yes. it's a peer-to-peer car sharing service that allows users to rent out their own vehicles, their personal vehicles, via the web. So it's kind of cool, um, you know. Yeah, this good, is. I think it's a, a good use of the service. This is great. I, uh, I was at uh, MEF Americas in December, and I got to sit down with uh, uh, Steve Schwinke, who's the director of events technology for OnStar. Uh, and I, I, yep. I, there's an interview up on Untether, 15 minutes. It kind of goes into this about what what they're thinking around this technology as pioneers of this kind of dashboard. And I always look at this as the you know you're gonna have dashboards in your life. There's the home dashboard, the office dashboard, the kitchen dashboard, the car dashboard, mm-hmm. or your transportation dashboard. And uh, OnStar, they were the first guys to do this. And, and uh, you know, it's incredible. I think that they do, they unlock 30,000 cars a day. Like, that's how many people wow. across in North America yeah. are locking themselves in the car and, and out of their car. And, uh, and you start to think about uh, this as a platform, cars as a platform. We, we saw this in 1997 where there was a big pop of, hey, your car is going to be the platform. It's going to be a connected device, internet in the car. And everybody right. back then, I remember very clearly, Everybody back then was saying, distraction, distraction, distraction. I'll never use it in the car. And here we are, whatever, 15 years later. Telematics is one of the biggest uh, growth areas in this space. It's incredible. It's incredible. And, you know, we saw stuff at CES about, uh, you know, on-screen display, which is is a while away. Um, But when you start to think about what these guys are doing, OnStar is really at the forefront of this this piece. Uh, They were leaders of the piece, and then they, they watched as the Ford Sync took a different approach and uh, kind of started feeding it to them. And uh, I, I like this approach, uh, you know, being able to buy apps inside of the car. I think it's great. Uh, it is good. Well, uh, you know, I'll plug that once again. Steve Schwinke, who is the uh, Director of Advanced Technology for OnStar, go and take a look at this. He's everywhere. Smart, smart, smart guy. And I love what they're doing. Um, big fan of what they're doing. I drive a Mazda, which is like the Luddite in technology. Beautiful car, but absolutely, like, I can't even yeah. say XM radio. There's no APIs in there. There's no APIs. It's like it's got a you know a, a you know a jack for my uh, for my iPhone and that's about it. That's as good as the technology gets. Mazda's failing. That's interesting. Any North American cars innovating like this and uh, and certainly the Japanese go. not so much. I don't know where that's going. It's trends just like the burritos. It's trends like burritos. Yeah. <laughs> we are terrible. So those are the five stories, Asif. Uh, we had uh, Groupon partnering with Deutsche Telekom. We had Hop, Stop, and Skyhook uh, bringing location to the Kindle Fire. Shazam uh, just nailing it at the Super Bowl. A third of the ads are going to be Shazamable. Uh, Foursquare moves into the web, bringing the Explore tab to its web interface, and GM opens up the OnStar API. Links up here, links all around. If you want to go and take a look at those stories, uh, great stories this week. Great selection, Asif. Good, 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 busy week. So, sponsor time. And we have one, Asif. 
we, we are do. so we're, thankful. We're very, very happy about that. And uh, Maponics has been has been fantastic. So yeah, you, our episode last week was the first that they sponsored. They were our featured product, and um, and what we want to do is we want to bring a little bit of information around what Maponics has to offer. And we've labeled this the Maponics Minute Minute because they are important to us and they should be important to you. And and uh, really. You know, when when you start to think about location-based marketing, uh, all the rage these days has been around geofencing. Geofencing mm-hmm. everywhere. There's companies out there that are doing geofences, geofences, geofences. That's all we hear. Uh, but I think that one of the one of the things that we we you know we've talked about this as one of the biggest challenges is that there's this going to be this layer upon layer upon layer of geofences that just right. basically are, are are amorphous geofence blobs right which are are not predefined geofences they're not geofences that you can actually it's left up to the discretion of the person creating it right it's a big challenge so it, map it's a huge challenge it, it, it's a huge challenge and i think part of the challenge is is that when you have a lot of different service providers out there everybody creating their own geofences you know it, it creates you know uh, and, and so you know putting a geofence around a single store for example and then another store you know doing that same thing uh, with a different service provider you know you've got overlapping geofences you get you know uh, you know radii that kind of cross over you get you know gaps in between the geofences you get all these kinds of, uh, of issues and I think it really you know uh, lends itself nicely to the idea of you know Areas, boundaries, neighborhoods uh, are predefined, um, and you know if you want to do geofencing, you basically do it inside of a predefined space instead of going trying to go and create your own and build your own infrastructure every single time you have to do that. Um, and that's something that uh, you know Maponix uh, does really well. Um, you know that that's their whole business is predefined geofences. They've been doing this in in the real estate sec- sector for local search companies, direct marketing companies. Um, you know, and, and this is something that, uh, you know, one of the things is, is if you're thinking about going and doing geofencing, if you're a service provider, you've got an app, you want to do geofencing, you should give a, some thought to our, our sponsor, Maponics, in the sense that they've already got these geofences predefined. They're available through uh, an API called DataStream or through a database structure that they already have. And, uh, you know, why go build it from scratch when, when it's already there? Yeah, I like I like it, and 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 it, ma- massive footprint that these guys have, and really, if if you're interested in this, uh, go to www.maponics.com slash forward slash location, and you you can sign up for a three month API trial or a, a data trial. Just go to maponics.com slash location, and you'll get your free three month trial of either the API or the data trial. So you can you can play around with both of those to see if it works for you. We really appreciate the fact that they are sponsoring the show. Thanks, guys, for doing this. Really appreciate it. Maponics.com slash location. And by going there, you're helping us as well. Continue with this show because you're proving that it's valuable to be part of this show. So we appreciate you guys going and supporting our sponsor because you're supporting us at the same time. Thanks. Thank you. All right. So let's jump into the product of the week. You got to sit down with a great company, right? It's been in the news quite a bit. Romler. Let's talk about these guys. Yeah, I mean, uh, ha- had a wonderful opportunity to sit down uh, this week with uh, Vigar Dehan, uh, and he's one of the co-founders of Romler, uh, and Romler is a fantastic company that is really uh, uh, focused on putting people to work and assigning them tasks to do in a corporate environment uh, primarily, and, uh, you know, um, I'll let you, let you hear directly from the man himself, so here you go, uh, interview with Romler. 
Hello, and uh, we're very pleased today to have as our a special guest and product of the week, uh, Romler. And, and with me uh, to talk a little bit about the company today is Vigert Dahan, who is the co-founder of uh, Romler. Uh, welcome, Vigert. Thank you, Asir. Uh, so just to get things started, uh, tell us a little bit about who is Romler, what is Romler, what, what do you guys do? Romler is basically a massive mobile workforce that can just do about anything uh, you would like to like us to do. Uh, for example, we can uh, take pictures in stores, uh, we can see if point of sale material is placed right, but we can do price checks, we can uh, do creative assignments, for example, uh, how do you use your uh, products at home, um, but we can also uh, find things that are not in databases yet, for example, you can send out roamers to find um, ice cream stands all over the city and map all those ice cream places in the city. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so figured that there are uh, a number of uh, sort of mobile workforce location apps that are emerging in the marketplace. You know, here in North America, we have guys like Gigwalk and Zarly and TaskRabbit, uh, and they're getting a lot of funding too. Um, you know, what, uh, what differentiates you uh, and Romler um, in terms of your service offering from what, uh, what some of these guys are doing? Um, well, first of all, I'm not using those applications because I'm located in uh, the Netherlands. But I think there are two main differences. And one is that, um, for example, Zardi is uh, mostly one-on-one -on -one, um, assignments. And what we tend to do is one-on multiple assignments. So we have one brand or producer that wants to have all this information about a lot of stores. Um, and I think the second uh, thing what differentiates us is that we have a really strong community behind it that uh, besides all those tasks in stores, like those retail tasks, uh, find a certain price or see if the materials placed right, um, we have a really strong community that is um, proven to be really creative as well. So. We can uh, give information on how products are used at home or uh, creative ideas about recipes with uh, cheese, for example. So there, there are a lot of, a lot of um, creative um, insights, information uh, assignments that we are sending out as well next to the um, yeah, just tasks. So, so other than the fact that you, you have great cheese, of course, um, you know, in, in Amsterdam, so that's, that, that's a good thing. Um, is it fair to say then that you know one of the key differences between Romler and some of these other platforms is, is you're focused on um, you know working with brands and retailers and basically having them use the platform to push assignments out to the mobile workforce versus some of these other guys are, are you know more about consumer to consumer type of uh, jobs and engagement that way. Is that is that a fair statement? Yeah, I think it's a fair statement and. Um and we didn't we'll do one consumer-to-consumer -consumer assignment yet, so, and, and we're planning to do it later on, but um, we're focusing on uh, the brands and, and the producers uh, first. Okay. So, so let's take a, a jump into the future a little bit now. Um, you know, where do you see Romler and this kind of mobile workforce marketplace being, say, 12 months, 24 months from now? Like, what, what's next and what, what are the emerging trends in, in this area? Wow, I think 24 months to look ahead is, is really far, far away. Um, and we're trying to, well, look ahead six months. Um, okay. Um, what, what, we're aiming, what we're aiming for is to, to be on a more 
many more countries uh, to have a more global reach. And um, one of the assignments that I am loving to see is that we could be we are able to um, to get information on how people are doing things all over the world. For example, how do you celebrate uh, New Year's Eve? Uh, how do you do it in the Netherlands? How do you do it in Spain? How do you do it in England? Uh, so we're getting all those information from all those places. Uh, and I think um, when we're able to give this information back to all those uh, roamers, um, that we are creating a more uh, a smaller world. So Fantastic. And so lastly, one to, uh, if you could uh, just share with us an experience of, you know, a specific client uh, that, you, that you've, you know, had the opportunity to work with and why they, you know, used or how they used Roamler and, and maybe what, you know, quickly what the, you know, uh, key benefit was to them. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's kind of dangerous because there are so many practices with Roamler. Um, so, so you have the store checks and you have the more creative ones and now, um, I'll tell you about the more creative one, and um, one of the assignments we did recently was for Philips, uh, the consumer electronic uh, manufacturer, mm -hmm. and what we asked our owners is to make a picture of their favorite Philips product, and they went into their house and searched everywhere to find those Philips products, and they discovered that they had much more, many more Philips products than they ever thought they would have. And what we ask them is make a picture of the product and tell us why you like this product so much and tell us how you would recommend this product to a friend. And that gave uh, Philips in this case um, the insights of what, what they really were and, and how they, uh, what kind of products they, uh, the, the people would associate uh, Philips with. Okay, that's fantastic. Um, well, th that's our, our time for today. We've been uh, we've had this great opportunity, to, and we've been speaking with uh, Vigert Dahan, the co-founder of Romler. Vigert, thank you very much for uh, coming on the show and uh, sharing your time with us, and 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 helping uh, educate us as to uh, mobile workforce and location. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. And that was Romler. Vigert Vigert was great. Uh, uh, you know, I'm excited about these guys. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, I think it's it, you know it's it's a hot space at the moment, right? I mean, we've talked a lot on the show about the Zarlies. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be talking about TaskRabbit shortly, and uh, you know, there's there's uh, the gig walks and everybody else. But Romler's kind of got slightly. Di everybody's got a little different take, and Romler's is is really that sense of you know, uh, as we talked about on the interview, you know, this this idea of not just you know peer-to-peer -peer tasks or consumers you know putting up tasks for other people to do but businesses corporations um, you know retailers assigning uh, you know interesting tasks for consumers to go and complete for them and the more you do the, the you know the, the more trusted you are in the network and uh, the more uh, you know kind of points you get and uh, you know as a roamler so anyhow yeah it's great, good. great great company and you know what? What I love about it is that we hear about a lot of the North American companies, but we don't hear much about this. So Romler bringing attention to Romler uh, because this is a global phenomenon. Boy, is it ever! And we keep yeah. coming back to this: is that when all of these companies come together? Now, I'm not saying that they merge and form one mm -hmm. amorphous blob, but when you take the sum of all of these companies, it has to have an impact on the economy. It just has to have an impact, a positive impact oh, yeah. on what's going on. So I think that. This is not just localized to Silicon Valley hype. This is spread across not only North America, but Europe as well. And, uh, and it's got to have an impact. That's what I keep thinking. So, that's Romler. 
go to uh, Romler.com. Is that right? Romler.com? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Funding. Okay, so uh, funding stories. Lots of money being dished out. Uh, we talked about TaskRabbit a second ago. Uh, let's get. Let's actually uh, not talk about TaskRabbit. Right into uh, to get glue and uh, timely, obviously, because of uh, the story around uh, around Shazam. Uh, mm-hmm. Get glue raising a, a good chunk of change. Yeah, I mean, uh, get glue is is one of those guys who even before Shazam really kind of. Uh, pi- I won't say pivoted, but. You know, sort of augmented their uh, their business model uh, by you know moving into kind of the TV commercial space. Yep. Um, Get Glue's w- was has been there for a little while. Get Glue, Miso. There's a bunch of guys who basically built Foursquare like uh, systems for checking into content, checking into TV shows while you're watching, checking in, into music while you're listening, checking into a book while you're reading it. Um, and so they're, that they're one of these guys. Um, and so they announced this week that they raised 12 million uh, in funding, and they've hit two million users on the platform. So you know, two significant figures uh, for them. Um, the funding is led by Row Ventures. Um, so this is uh, you know, you know, a reputable, well, fairly well-known firm. Um, and they had previously raised about six million. So they've got now about 18 million in funding, uh, yeah, all in there, and. Uh, you know, got some interesting other guys from the previous round. Time Warner, for example, was was one of the original players. So, um, you know, this is the, this is just good ammunition and fuel for for Get Glue. Twelve million bucks, two million users. It, it always strikes me that uh, you know, that's a lot. But compared to uh, Shazam's 170 million, I guess it's the difference about how many people are going to move over from from traditional Shazamming of music uh, right. into the television side, right? And right. And somewhere along the lines, there's a model here. Maybe it might not be check-in, uh, although that's much more flexible because you can check into a show that you PBR'd, right? Um, and uh, but sure. I just uh, this is uh, this is going to heat up, especially these connected televisions that we keep seeing at CES. I think that there's something yep. happening here. Quote me on that. There's something yeah, there, happening. There, there is something happening, and it's not just burrito eating. It's uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's uh, yeah. I mean, th- th- there's a lot of money going around, and there, there's a lot of movement in this space. And I think uh, you know, there's going to be continued consolidation, but there's going to be a lot of new entrants coming into this market as well because uh, you know, I think consumers are hungry and 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 willing and and available to test this stuff. So well, I, I sat down with the guys from Umami as well, and it's another one of these. Yep. Uh, the, you know, it's just. Uh, this is one of those trends. Like we talk about it, uh, you know. Um, I think last year, midway through the year, everybody was building a group chat application, right? And it just kind right. of something happened. Right. All of a sudden, you know, f- four or five minutes before that, they had uh, everybody had this idea at the same time, and then they launched group chat uh, applications at the same time. And I think that's what's happening here. And uh, and I'm eager to see what how Apple's take is in all of this. Can they make? Mm-hmm. I mean, they've done a terrible job making uh, iTunes a social experiment. But can they do that with a television set like everybody's thinking that they do? You know, as Steve Jobs has famously proclaimed on his deathbed that he cracked the code of television. So we'll see how this goes. Man, it's going to be an interesting year with 2012 with television and mobile. Second story, TaskRabbit, right? Yes. Another one of these competitors, certainly to Roamler and to uh, to GigWalk, uh, bought a company called SkillSlate, which sounds pretty clear what, what it is. Uh, but... Uh, Significant acquisition, you think? Um, I, th- I think it's it's significant for for two reasons. One, one is you know uh, you've got TaskRabbit, which is a San Francisco-based company. Skillset is a New York-based company, so you can sort of have the two coasts in terms of user bases coming mm-hmm. together. Um, so I like that. 
Um, so it's, it, you know, think of that as a kind of just geography user acquisition play. Um, the other thing here is, is I, I didn't know any, much about Skillslate. Uh, I knew about TaskRabbit, um, but wasn't all that familiar with it. So as I was digging into this story, I found out that you know the types of things that you that are available to be done on Skillslate are actually fairly different than the things that are on TaskRabbit. So you you what you have here by com combining is a kind of much wider breadth of services that that are that are available. And so TaskRabbit had sort of your your standard kind of you know post you know a job for somebody to do like uh, you know I need somebody to cut my lawn uh, next my Saturday. Way. I need somebody to go pick up some burritos for me. Whatever. Shovel my um, laneway. Yeah, shovel my laneway. Um, Whereas Skillslate, from what I understand, it was much more focused on artistic uh, type of things. Uh, so, you know, I need somebody to teach me how to play guitar, you know, um, you know those kinds of things. Very and cool. uh, so, so I think that combination will be interesting. So Skillslate, yeah, now, now it all makes sense. Is that, uh, yeah. And, and uh, that's, a, that's a really interesting business because, uh, you know, TaskRabbit is, is uh, you know, pretty much in, in the manual labor space, right? Go pick up my dry cleaning, yeah. shovel my laneway, pick me up a burrito, uh, go shopping for me. Same thing with Zarly, right? But this skill slate mm -hmm. is a really interesting play. Like, I'm looking for guitar lessons. I'm uh, looking to learn how to ski. Um, I'm looking to, you know, uh, learn a skill. Um, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and TaskRabbit, you know, we talked about them a few weeks back uh, on the funding side as well. They raised about uh, almost 18 million bucks. So you got to assume Obviously. some of that went into doing this deal. Um, you know, and uh, hey, good on them. TaskRabbit. Again, another one of these trends, right? So Romler, TaskRabbit, you've got all these guys that are that are out there and they're they're pushing the economy. I think that they're doing this thing. It's really interesting to see. It's like grassroots, uh, you know, econ economic recovery. And uh, for un unemployed or underemployed folks, kind of five bucks at a time. And I think that this is really interesting. Good opportunity if you're a business trying to figure out how, like in the services space, uh, on uh, trying to figure out how to, how to grab the attention of a small subset of people that are using the service, probably in your city, uh, so you can be a big fish in this little pond right now, right. and you can find business doing this. And uh, now you can actually sell your skills, which is which is pretty amazing as well. Wish I had one, just one. <laughs> if I had one skill, I could, I could, I could. Snow do shoveling, isn't it? It is now. <laughs> Last month it has been snow shoveling yeah. and snowman building. Anyhow, third story. Now uh, this is interesting. Uh, in a. Um, I think in a passing trend kind of way uh, with uh, net swiping by uh, what's the company called uh, Jumio? Jumio, yeah. Yeah, they they raised uh, a whole whack of cash, lots yeah. of credit card transactions to equal twenty five point five million dollars. Yeah, you big can't put money, that through my big money. Yeah, yeah, pretty nice way to start the year, you know, with yeah. uh, twenty five point five million in your bank account. Um, yes. So uh, this is a public I'm like company. Twenty five point five million short. Yeah. Yeah, so Jumio uh, is, is a public company, so that's where why this data came out um, uh, with their latest SEC filing. And, um, you know, they had already raised $6.5 million, from what I understand, uh, in March uh, from Facebook co-founder uh, Eduardo Severin. So they've got some interesting people behind them. Um, so, so, you know, this, this, is an, this is a company that's doing some, some, some different things. You know, we when when you look at that payment space, and and we talked a lot about PayPal because you know I said PayPal is going to be the company, or eBay anyways is going to be the company of the year. Um, right next to Amazon, right? Right next to Amazon, right? So uh, uh, one and two, right there. Uh, but anyhow, um, there's still a lot of innovation and room for innovation around the payments piece, and and we talked a lot last year about Square 
and IZ all over in Europe and, and how they're handling transactions. And this is yet another way to do it in, yep. in what NetSwiping, uh, which is the Jumio product, is doing. So effectively what you do here is is that uh, you hold your credit card. Go ahead, see. Up Pull you. up your credit card. Let's uh, hold it up to the screen. Yeah. And don't copy like his, name, his number down, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you hold up your credit card, and um, you basically the camera uh, basically reads the information off of the card uh, to verify authenticity of it. So the interest, the nice thing about it is, is that um, you know you actually have to have the card physically present in order to do the transaction. It's not just you know some stored information or something somebody pull off a database somewhere or whatever. Um, so so I think that's you know there's there's some value to that. Whether or not that's going to be the way we do transactions, I don't know if I want to do that if as a consumer, but you know, it's an interesting play, and they certainly got lots of money to go and push and, and see if they can make it happen. Yeah, they talk about this. Uh, you know, I interviewed uh, Card.io, uh, similar yep. similar styling company. It's basically it's uh, souped up uh, OCR for uh, recognizing your credit card number, and uh, and then you yep. you know that's what you do, and then it uh, types in the you, you type in the um, that little secure code in the back, yep. um, and that's all you have to do. And Isle Buyer as well. These guys are in 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 the whole fulfillment space, and I think that it's an yep. interesting. Both those guys interviews. Uh, I don't like to push on Tether, but it's like. I have interviewed these guys for a long time, like an hour each. So if you want some information, go and look up card.io and Islebuyer. Um, but th these guys are, are very similar in, in style and that. And, and it's, again, uh, maybe Islebuyer is a little bit off to the side simply because yep. they're enabling the transaction while you're in line. They want to av avoid setting in line. But card.io and these guys are, are really, really, really um, the same the same style. And mm -hmm. uh, I'm still mixed on this. I don't know that this is the right way to go because it's really not a hassle for me to type in my credit card. And the credit card companies have such great uh, anti-fraud uh, policies and procedures that uh, that I feel very comfortable with a credit card now. And uh, and I don't know if it's necessary. If it's just a matter of of uh, holding up this thing that uh, that means that I don't have to type in the phone, type in my credit card number yet. Um, still, I mean, still PayPal is much easier. But we'll reserve yeah. judgment on that. I think I made a judgment, didn't I, just there? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, have a burrito and we'll all be good. Yeah. So and that's why they raised a quarter, yeah, $25.5 20, million uh, for this. And it's it's interesting. Hopefully it leads to something. And uh, I did enjoy both interviews with Card.io and Isle Buyer as well. So go and check those out. That's it. So $37.5 million and an acquisition. That was a good week. Probably smaller deals as well. If you know of any deals, if you're part of any deals, if you hear things that you want to publicize anonymously, perhaps, wink, drop us a line. Let us know. Untethergmail.com or asif at the lbma.com. We will post. We will talk. We will discuss. We will do everything that you want us to do if you, uh, if you see a deal come across. If you are actually part of a deal, it doesn't matter how small it is. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Untethergmail.com or asif at the lbma.com. That's it. Those are the funding news. Wish we had little, like, fly-ins and sounds. Or Dollar signs? Yeah. 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 That'd be cheesy, though. On to the resource of the week. Uh, we've been wanting to do this for quite some time, and we've found a spot, which is great, because it's about our good friend, Gary Schwartz. Mm -hmm. Gary. Gary, uh, I, you know, if you don't know who Gary is, Go to theimpulseeconomy.com and uh, and take a look at what his credentials are. He is actually he runs a mobile company, 
Uh, he is the uh, uh, chair of MEF Americas, and he is also the author of our resource this week, which is called The Impulse Economy, his book. Yeah. Uh, and Gary is a uh, an incredible uh, um, ambassador of the mobile industry, and he focuses very clearly on, on commerce transactions, uh, location-based and location-aware of both of those. And he also he's also taken it upon himself to, to steer MEF Americas into the privacy con- um, issues and world around the transaction space and location space. And I think that that's another thing that's going to be And, he, and he's a big talk. fan of SMS. Yes. That, that much I'll tell you. Um, yeah. So, and, and, and if you happen to be in Toronto, um, and uh, as I am, and uh, we mentioned January 24th at the beginning of the show uh, for a webinar by the DSA, but in the morning of the 24th in Toronto, both Gary and I will be speaking along with a guy named uh, Ildad Cohen uh, as part of the Israel Economic Mission to Canada that's doing a whole piece on location-based marketing uh, in the wireless sector. So uh, lots going on on the 24th. Uh, so anyhow, but it, a chance to actually meet Gary in the flesh, uh, so to speak, uh, if you're if you happen to be in Toronto. So um, yeah. Yeah, G- Gary is a uh, an incredible an incredible speaker on this on this topic, and uh, his book, uh, The Impulse Economy. Uh, go to theimpulseeconomy.com. Um, three things that you'll learn: you're gonna have to uh, when you read through this book, uh, you're gonna learn how to minimize barriers between the shopper and the sale, which is the key thing, especially around uh, using this technology, um, and how marketers can connect and reconnect with loyal shoppers, which is something that, that, that requires a strategy. It's not as simple as just sending out an SMS. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the underlying factor of this whole thing is that the technology is available now. You can use it. You can actually, uh, this book will help you pick the solution that's nece- that will help you achieve your, uh, your business goals when it comes to this technology. Got, uh, love Gary. Now, I've sat down with Gary uh, once in Toronto in person. Uh, once we did a, uh, a session on Untether.tv, it's an hour long. It is incredible. It's one of my favorite sessions that I've ever done. Um, then I got to sit down with Gary again uh, at, uh, at MEF Americas down in Miami, where we talked about the book, and that's on Untether.tv. And then uh, we got a new show called M-Pulse, M-Pulse, which is about mobile pulse with uh, Peggy Ann Saltz from Mobile Groove. And we brought him on to talk about his, uh, just this week, this past week, to talk about his predictions for 2012. So uh, Gary uh, is an active and avid user and supporter uh, and, uh, and certainly um, uh, soothsayer and uh, ambassador of the mobile industry. Love having him on, so it's our pleasure to feature this. The Impulse Economy is the book. TheImpulseEconomy.com is the breathing book. He calls his blog. Go and buy it. Support guys like Gary. We need. We all mm-hmm. need to support guys like Gary. Fantastic. Yeah. I, Jeff Bezos, Gary Schwartz. I like them both. That's it. That's the show. We are done in record time. Seven hours, forty-four minutes. <laughs> Mm, yeah, they're getting yeah. longer and longer just because the industry is growing and growing. There's uh, so much to cover every week. It's it's it really is hard to kind of whittle it down uh, every week and say this is what we're going to be talking about. And there's so many great things that uh, we just have to pass on. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. And you know what? We we would love your feedback. We we get quite a bit of it. It's great. And uh, boy, do we ever appreciate it when somebody sends us uh, an email, pushes out a, a Twitter post. Go ahead, do it if you love the show. Yeah, do it if you hate the show as well. Um, and uh, we, we just all feedback we really, is good. 
yeah, any feedback is great. If you have a suggested topic, if you have a company that you'd like to have featured, if you have a deal that you've done or are a part of or know of, reach out. Like, we are accessible guys. Uh, untetheredgmail.com, asif at the lbma.com. Uh, you can reach Asif at, at asifarcon on Twitter or at the LBMA on Twitter. You can reach me at Rob Woodbridge or at Untether. Um, and we really want to hear from you guys about uh, how we're doing. How, 60 episodes in, love to, love to hear some feedback for you. Map Onyx. God, love them. We love having them as sponsors. They've been great. Uh, we would appreciate you supporting them, therefore supporting us. Reach out uh, at maponix.com forward slash location and uh, sign up for your free three-month trial of their uh, data stream or their, uh, their database, uh, data stream API yep. or their database. Uh, we really appreciate their support. We appreciate your support. Um, see if anything else? No, I think we're good. That's it. We will uh, see I'm you next week. New York, like super early in the morning for the uh, NRF uh, big show. So oh my God. there you go. So if you're in New York, I'll see you. And let's talk retail and location-based marketing. Nice. Until then, we'll see you next week for episode 61 of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Thanks, Asif. Have a good night. Good night, everybody. Sure, sure.